electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. The vaccine rotation continues this morning, although we are on watch for some signs of reversals. Dow futures up, NASDAQ futures lower. As U.S. daily new COVID cases hit a record 130,000 yesterday and record numbers in the hospital. Our roadmap begins with COVID volatility for stocks. Stocks are set to start the day mixed as that move out of tech continues. Plus, the FDA greenlights Eli Lilly's antibody therapy for emergency COVID use uh, for treatment there, of course, as uh, America's cases top 10 million. And beyond meat, those shares are down sharply amid slowing sales while McDonald's launches a new plant-based product line. Here, what CEO of McDonald's told Carl about reports of a Beyond partnership this hour. Carl. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later, guys. But first, Jim, a lot to unpack uh, with the COVID cases, the Pfizer news, the Lilly news today. Azar on Squawk saying that the timeline uh, for a vaccine delivery is getting pretty specific now. Right. I mean, look, we're back in that same world. I listened to a fund manager earlier speak on, on Squawk, not to pick on people, but we're back in that world where people say, listen, you got to buy value and you got to sell growth. Where were they yesterday when value went from being OK to being overvalued in about a three hour session? I mean, I, I find that when I look at some of the stocks that I like in the industrials, they have gone so far. That I, that I think now everything has to happen right. And things aren't going to happen right. Those are companies that are they're really hostage to earnings. Uh, now, if you look at, say, the cloud computing stocks, they have a lot of room to go down because they're just so high. But when you look at FANG, for instance, does this really make it so Alphabet is worthless? The principal method of how Alphabet makes its money is advertising. And uh, where it makes its money is typically in travel and leisure advertising. And that's come back. So I think it's, I know that it's, we're all ETF'd in case by case. But, but, David, there's a lot of companies that yesterday went from being cheap to being overvalued in a half hour. And it's important not to get caught on the, what I regard the, sick, the uh, quicksand that some of these moves have been made on. Yeah, the equal weighted S&P, I think, outperformed the overall S&P uh, uh, more than it ever had, Jim, to your point. Uh, and the Russell, obviously very strong yesterday. But do you, so you think this rally ends then for in, well, in terms of these stocks that we're talking about, not the ones that have led this market for so long, but these one, are they one-day leaders? Well, I mean, look, the industrials have been going up, up, up ever since the quarter, so I, I find them suspect. Uh, the bank stocks, uh, David, we went, what is, it, what is the 10-year doing? Well, it's it. It's still below one. I mean, I think it's going like between one point two five and one point five to justify some of those bank stock moves. Where it's the same time when I look at, uh, let's say, some of the software as a service stocks, I wonder whether they really are uh, too high simply because they were a place to hide. So I'm trying to out the ones that we're hiding in and call find ones like McDonald's, which I think have done substantive things 
that are not expensive and could take over the world, given the fact that they're doing so many things right. Yep. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Chris Kamchinsky uh, later on in the hour and then uh, throughout the morning, Jim. But to your point, uh, a lot of the trends that got developed really before COVID and then accelerated during COVID, uh, talking about digital delivery, drive through, he really sees melding into an, a picture where you don't talk about digital right. as a thing. It's all one thing. Uh, and we'll get to that and, and comments about McPlant and uh, Beyond Meat and the rest. Well, that is so right. I mean, we, we realize that you ha- if you can digitize, uh, then what you're really doing is becoming more efficient. I mean, when I look at Chipotle, what do I see about Chipotle? I can say that they got religion on tech. Or I can say, you know what? They found a way to be able to have Chipotle lanes. They found a way to be able to do delivery. Uh, they're, they're able to do uh, a, a supply chain management that's terrific. So why do I sell that, David? Why do I have to sell companies that got better during this period? Why can't I sell companies that didn't improve uh, and have run up? I don't know. Why can't you? Well, I think you can. Okay. Then you think you should. You're right. It was rhetorical. I appreciate that. Right. Now, I was not looking for an endorsement. I was okay. looking for recognition that, you know, I, I answered my that name. Could make a lot of sense. When you ask me to use my name, I just I'm like, whoop. Hello. Yes. What, what can you, I do for you? What are you, Scooby-Doo? <laughs> I am Scooby. You know, yeah, kind of. But, David, kinda. you look at, let's say, City. OK, let's take Bank City. Let's talk it about is, City. It is so far below its book value. Yes. That you have to say, you know what? This represents somewhat of a bargain. I mean, what level do we decide that the book value is worth something? Morgan Stanley downgraded today. Does that make sense to you, David? It was downgraded, you're saying. It was downgraded. downgraded City. Now, got what downgraded. is that about? Yeah. I mean, Morgan oh. Stanley, that guy has developed a bank. That guy, Gorman's listening. He goes, can he call me Gorman? That guy. That guy. Like, that guy. Hey, that guy. That, with thug. that other guy. And yeah. That guy I mean, there. Gorman's so not that guy. You know guy. the guy. He's like, Sir, Sir, uh, Sir James, his bank yeah. is at nine times earnings. Oh, yeah. That's where I want to take that thing off. That's a dangerous stock. No. Case by case. It is, but I mean, you you can't fault investors for thinking a one day a rally like the banks had yesterday should potentially be sold given the performance of the sector overall. Don't listen. And yes, yes I Brian see the ten year going to one percent. Woo! You Bank know, of America wow. can be sold if I want. City, I don't know what to do. How about a quandary? And Wells, you're not a, a buyer of it all. You're not. not Wells. You're not a buyer of Wells. It. No. Stagecoach business. Stagecoach. No. See, Wells has got a fundamental problem. It, it, it's not good. That's Carl. I mean, I think Sometimes, Carl, it's just that simple. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, good. you know, Carl, yeah. I think we have to get into the very serious mumbo jumbo of Wall Street. Wells is not good. <laughs> not good. Jim, um, there still is this narrative that uh, the economic news is going to get worse uh, before it gets better. You had uh, Scott Gottlieb on with Shep last night saying that COVID cases are going to explode. Uh, hospitalizations in Ohio, the governor yesterday said, are happening at an unprecedented rate. Um, more uh, capacity in, in Texas. West Texas is very tough. And then de Blasio in New York City saying that we have one last chance uh, to avoid the kinds of measures that we had to take in the spring. So yeah, is the market prime for that? I don't think you can look through. My Chapel Trust sold TGX yesterday. Let's use that example. TGX, okay, everyone got very excited about it. Stock went up, I don't know. 20%. Why? Because it looks like they're going to make it. And then you think about it. Well, wait a second. You have to go through two quarters of abysmal reports 
before you get to the promised land. I, I think that the numbers that we're hearing made me feel like that Meg's in, incredibly good reporting uh, with David Ricks uh, says, OK, maybe we get a we get something that's therapeutic. But, David, we might be able to be out of hospital beds to help the people who need the therapeutic. Right. Well, what we want is therapeutics available like Lilly's uh, and others. And of course, we want a vaccine as soon as possible to be widely available. Carl, I know you retweeted this. Alex Azar, of course, HHS was on Squawk. I mean, he did say vaccines available to everyone March, April. Did I read that properly? Now, that, his line was um, end of January, all first responders and senior citizens. This is in response to Joe's questions about vaccine delivery at a retail level. Uh, and then by the end of March, early April, uh, quote, every American who wants a vaccine. And we'll see what that number is. Wow. That's I mean, that's a lot sooner than many people expect, certainly. Yeah, much. And Jim, much I mean, sooner. yesterday and obviously everybody will, is weighing in on this, but m- most people still talking about the summer as sort of being a real time. But again, as he pointed out and Carl points out, it's everyone who wants one. And that, of course, gets back to this key question as to how many people are going to be resistant. Hopefully that will change. Right now, it seems that there will be a significant percentage that's resistant to taking a vaccine, at least initially. But again, that may and hopefully will change over time. I mean, I wish we knew. Do we know distribution yet? I know CVS is in the mix. Uh, But I I look, I was frantically calling doctors yesterday and I feel like I have you know, fortunate enough to give a lot of charity to some of the hospitals in New York. I, I would say I didn't get any comfort that I'm going to get it. I'm not trying to pull strings. Just say, hey, listen, take my call. When are we going to get it? I didn't get any comfort for February. I mean, right. some comfort for April. April seemed like it's within reach, David, which then, Carl, means mm. that we've got two bad quarters ahead of us. And I don't know when we, right. we could be all excited about Pfizer. And then when the number gets reported, you think the analysts are going to cut numbers or raise numbers? Well, that's exactly what I think it was Kaplan this morning said. We've got to get through uh, the next two quarters is essentially what it comes down to. Uh, it's been obviously a busy morning of news. You saw Lily at the top of that full screen. Meg Terrell has more on what Lily's <laughs> David Ricks told us this morning. Morning, Meg. Good morning, Carl. We talked with David Ricks after last night. The FDA granted emergency use authorization to its antibody drug for COVID-19 patients who were just diagnosed with the disease. Now, this is for people who have mild to moderate COVID-19, not people who are in the hospital. Remember, this drug did not work in patients who were sick enough to already be in the hospital. It failed in that NIH trial. Um, So that's who it's indicated for. And it's administered as a single IV infusion. And it will be specifically for high-risk patients. Now, how do you define high-risk? Well, there are a couple measures that are included in this EUA from the FDA. Uh, One is obesity with a BMI over 35. Uh, Another is if you have another disorder like kidney disease, diabetes, or immunosuppressive disease. Another is age, over 65. Now, there are some other stipulations there included as well, and David Rick's telling us that doctors will have some discretion here about who should get these drugs. But a key question is, what will the infrastructure look like to administer these drugs? They're IV infusions, but they're supposed to be given as soon as possible after patients are diagnosed because that's when they work the best. Here's what he told us about that. We're working with the government to make um, as broad a footprint, uh, as broad a set of choices to get this IV uh, infusion as possible, including potentially in nursing homes, in outpatient centers, or even pop-up facilities 
that could happen as we did with testing so that people can come in without having to go inside of a hospital where if you have newly diagnosed COVID-19, mostly the signs on the door say don't come in. So we're working on that solution now. And guys, just as we were talking about yesterday with Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccine, supply will be a problem here. So Lily says they'll have 1 million doses by the end of 2020. One dose is one treatment, so that's enough to treat a million people, but that's for the entire globe. They say that as of today, they are shipping 88,000 doses, uh, but that's why this is designated for high-risk groups right now. We have to prioritize who will get this drug and who could be most helped by it. But the hope is that if people are diagnosed and they get the drug early and they're high risk for severe disease, this could keep them out of the hospital. So seen as an important tool in the tool belt in this pandemic, guys. Uh, I don't want to be critical because this is all good news. And it's certainly not critical of you because your reporting is unbelievable. But uh, no one seems to be ready for the actual uh, good work that science has done here. Uh, I mean, I deal, deal with some pretty high level doctors. No one has a clue about what's happening. I mean, there's literally, where, where's it going? Is it going to Walgreens? Is it going to hospitals? Is it going to the government? I mean, it's kind of embarrassing, frankly. I mean, we have scientists who have done amazing things at Lilly and at Pfizer, and we have a country that has not a clue about what to do with it. And as people can say they got freezer farms, Meg, but, you know, I mean, when I deal with the doctors, I can't get the thing. I'm in a protected class. I can't get the thing. And when I say can't get it, I mean like, hey, Jim, troth was in April. Meg, who's in charge? What's the plan? <laughs> well, the federal government uh, is is in charge. Um, Operation Warp Speed has a distribution plan that involves the, the military. Um, but at the same time, you know, states have to have their own plans for distributing vaccines. And they had to submit them to the CDC <clears throat> and to work with the federal government to have those. But they're still getting in place. Um, but, Jim, you know, thinking about this antibody drug, too, Scott Gottlieb was on this morning talking about how he thinks it would have been better if we had a system for home infusion of yes. these antibody drugs because these people are sick and they're vulnerable. And you don't want sick, vulnerable people going to places with other sick, vulnerable people. Um, this is a very contagious disease. It's a ridiculous catch-22, Meg. It's a ridiculous catch-22. Yeah, exactly. I want to go to the hospital. They won't <clears throat> let me go to the hospital. I want to do it at home. There is no home infusion. That's why I'm saying we need a plan. You mentioned the federal government. That's all. Go ahead, Carl. <laughs> Meg, thanks. Uh, as always, a busy week for Meg Terrell. We'll take a break here. As we said uh, a few moments ago, later on this morning, an exclusive with McDonald's CEO Chris Kamchinski. We'll talk about the vaccine and COVID, digital, menu, uh, McPlant, breakfast, the election, and a lot more. Don't go anywhere. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
New daily COVID cases crossed 130,000 yesterday for the very first time. The restaurant industry is on the lookout for signs of new restrictions. We talked to McDonald's CEO Chris Kemchinski yesterday about that Pfizer vaccine news and what it means for McDonald's, the industry, and America. As we've worked through this strategy, uh, we've always assumed that there would be uh, an effective vaccine out there. Uh, for us, it's been focused on what are the changes in consumer behavior that we think are going to be enduring. And certainly one of the or a few of the enduring changes are about uh, more of, of consumer interaction happening digitally, happening contact, contactless, uh, and then also uh, the prevalence of, of delivery. So uh, it doesn't affect our strategy as much, but it is a great uh, announcement, obviously, for, uh, for humanity, as Pfizer said. And uh, certainly something we were counting on as we were developing our plan. Yeah, I guess the good news, Jim, is that the, the news appears to be falling into corporate America's base case. Uh, you certainly would not have wanted to see something that fell to the downside of that. No, I mean, look, uh, McDonald's is, is showing its true colors here, which is it's a great execution machine. Uh, they'll go with what the consumer wants, slightly, you know, slightly ahead of the consumer. They don't want to uh, get too far ahead of the consumer. Uh, it's more trustworthy now than ever. And I just find that this is a group, after some management turmoil, that's really kind of extraordinary, Carl. They, they don't miss a lot of beats there. It's not like they, they have, they, they've had a couple of uh, bizarre shakeups, but all that happens is that people keep going there and they do a good job. I, I salute this team. I think they're very strong. Yep. Uh, digital's now 20% of sales. I know you're a fan of loyalty programs in general. Yep. They're working on that. Uh, interestingly, they're going to alter, I think, their marketing, uh, Chris said, to where, as we've seen in many examples, uh, McDonald's takes a stand on certain issues because they believe that the corporate-facing uh, relationship and the customer-facing relationship are beginning to blend, and that if you don't take a stand on a variety of issues, diversity and inclusion is one example, then the customer thinks of the company differently in a way that, in this case, McDonald's doesn't want. I mean, think about that. I mean, think about how forward that is. They are... A national, look, they're an international company, but nationally we're a divided nation. Uh, but they think that there are certain issues that cross the divide, they're, and they're not doing it in order to sell more burgers. If anything, they're taking a risk. But the risk, Carl, is we're patriots, we're real good, and, and we're, we're doing the right thing. Carl, it's hard to disagree with them, I think. Yeah. We'll talk more uh, next hour about uh, Beyond Meat and what exactly is going on with the, the plant which we'll probably see next year. In the meantime, a quick break here. A lot to get to with numbers, of course, out of DR Horton, the EU charge on Amazon, Disney furloughs, American new common shares out in a moment. Don't go away. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. 
Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's get in a mad dash. We've got about eight minutes before we get started with trading here, of course, uh, after yesterday's incredible rally, although yes. it did come down. Now, if you're American Airlines and you saw what happened to your stock yesterday, maybe you think mm, not a bad time to sell some shares. Yeah, there's a phrase that I think we all know about making hay when the sun is shining. And this is when you issue 38.5 million shares at the price of 13. And uh, you may say, well, uh, that's a bargain because it was up yesterday a lot. A lot. Or you just say, oh, geez, are you kidding me? You finally have an up day and you smack us in the face with this dead fish. But I do think that um, that's what you should do if you're you're American Airlines. I mean, it it is a it is a reflection of what is certainly going to be continued difficulty in the industry, even with a vaccine coming. Not with 130,000 people. You then get back into that reactionary world of, I don't know, I was thinking about flying. 130,000, you're referring to new cases yes, in the United I States yesterday. Yes, I was thinking yesterday. about flying. Yeah. But David, there's a substantial part of the people in the country who think that it's a flu. It's not. David? Would that it were. David, there you go again. You keep insisting on the facts. I'm telling you, I read my Twitter file. Yeah, it is. Some of them think some it's people. a cold. Other think Thankfully, it's a flu. for some, it's a flu yeah. or, or even less so. But for others, unfortunately, it's a lot more serious. Yeah. And, and I, it is right. out of control. Right. right but now. David, that depends on control. I'm just playing devil's advocate. OK. I'm playing. Depends on control. Right. Right. I mean, I'm telling you it's in control. Well, we've. But it's not. <laughs> but it is. But it's not. <laughs> we've only got a couple more months, though. Can I just and say then it's we totally can actually get to the other side. Yeah. And you yeah. Know, the 130,000 cases. And what is what? How much does David Ricks have? Does he have enough to cover us today? No. No. For today, he can't cover. No. Us. Neither can Lunch Lifer. No. no. But David, it's under control. Did yeah. you Did you see um, Sasha Baron Cohen? I didn't. No. Oh, it was under control. Under control. Yeah. I'm tired of being. If you're going to go into my Twitter file and tell me it's under control and it's just a flu or it's just a cold, I'm going to block you forever. And I have a particular set of skills that is a nightmare for people to say that. We got a lot more squawk on the street coming right back. Jim, as you and David were uh, at the wall there talking about Americans' uh, new common shares, uh, Carnival uh, files to sell up to another billion and a half of stock. Uh, roughly 67 million shares through JPM and Goldman. So everybody's taking advantage of this bounce. Yeah, look, I think this is great, except for if you're a shareholder. If you're a shareholder or if you bought it yesterday, I think you got to rethink. I expect some retailers to be doing this, some real estate investment trusts. Uh, I felt that that stock at, at 15 was inexpensive. At 20, it's got expensive again. And I was dealing with someone who I think knows it better than anyone else in the world. And he said, you got to tell people not to buy this thing at 20. It's just not going to get through 20. Uh, but it was after the show, and it ain't getting through 20 anytime soon, David. These companies are being very prudent. They are. I mean, and that's the thing. You can, you can criticize them in some way, but they're doing what they feel they have to to make sure they have enough money to survive. They've been in survival mode now for seven months. They've been able to navigate this to, so far. Uh, despite what is, of course, an enormous lack of revenues. Right. And, you know, you can at least start to see light at the end of the tunnel here, but you probably need more money to get there. Well, the question is, you want to make sure at least you you have enough. When do you make reservations? Carl, you know the pent-up demand is going to be incredible for a lot of different things. So when do you play this Mexican standoff game? I booked tickets yesterday for the month of August to go to Italy. Why? Because the levels were half of what they were last year. And they're refundable. 
I mean, I don't understand why. I mean, I think you got to make a determination whether you want to take a Norwegian cruise in August. Uh, and if you do, I think you probably have to make your move now. <laughs> you do. Yeah. I mean, you could ask the same question about whether if you want to live in New York City, do you sign a two year lease today? Or uh, I mean, it, it could get a lot worse if you wait too long. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I was t- talking to Lisa, my wife. I said, we got to open Bar San Miguel. We got to open it in March. And she's like, like, yeah, your mind. <laughs> like, what is that? I mean, wait, how many? Maybe it's 160,000 per day. That, like, what are you thinking? And I oh. said, yeah, you're right. I'm maybe sorry. you can give people shots of tequila and the vaccine. Maybe you can become a vaccine distribution uh, uh, center for David that part we can do, of Brooklyn. He's not David a vaccine. Ricks, we can do infusions. you got to call Borla and get the... We can give you a margarita infusion yeah, or, yeah. or David Ricks infusion. Yeah, get it all. Get it all. There's the opening bell, of course, Carl. <laughs> hey, guys, yeah, uh, we'll see how Brett fills in relatively even. Jim, I know you were watching this Target Ulta strategic partnership. Uh, 100 stores here. You compared it to what JCP did a while ago with uh, Sephora. That was the smartest thing Sephora ever did. Uh, Mary Dillon doing the right thing. I mean, Target made the, remember, Target made a deal with CVS. Uh, They don't mind having total pros coming in and taking over areas of their real estate. And Brian Cornell has been very smart. They've not done that as well in, in, in cosmetics as they should. And remember, it's skincare that people want. This is that mask issue. When you listen to what Fabrizio Freda talks with the rest of Estee Lauder, for a long time it was about cosmetics. Now it's about Zoom. We haven't written off Zoom yet. People are still taking Zoom calls. And the fact is, is that unless you use a tremendous amount of the Clinique or something, I mean, you just, it's unavoidable. The pimples, David, are unavoidable. Are you wearing a mask? You don't have a single pimple. Uh, I am wearing a mask, yeah. What are you, then therefore you're using Clinique? What are you using when you get home? Nothing. 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 No. I haven't, yeah, I've gotten a couple. What, do you use Clearasil? Like, I don't use anything, no. I, I haven't used anything. I take my mask off, I just, you know, wipe my face and do call you, it a day. Um, Carl, don't you wish you were him? Everything he, he goes doesn't. his way every oh, yeah. minute of the day. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, I have to go shopping. Yes. I have to, what? Everything goes goes your way. Yeah, oh, it's true. You know uh, what is not going people's way this morning, guys, is beyond meat. And, Carl, I'm sure that you spoke to Mr. Kemchinski about uh, the McPlant. That was kind of a strange announcement yesterday in terms of timing because we got the McPlant announcement from McDonald's. It was unclear who was the provider. Then we learned it was beyond meat, but it doesn't appear that it's going to be with beyond meat branding. And, again, I'll... Leave it to Carl in that interview to understand more. I'm mentioning Beyond because then the stock went up after it was clear that it was Beyond. And then it's collapsing because, Jim, the revenues were horrific. Yeah, they no, just- the commentary was so horrible. I mean, it's one of those things where, they, you know, Ethan, uh, Ethan Brown is a product. He's, he's an evangelist, okay? And he literally made you say, look, um, we got gobsmacked. We saw a big slowdown. Uh, we also are not benefiting from, it looks like well, today they announced that they got a pizza deal where you can have their sausage just came out just now there. I'm breaking that news. But uh, Carl, I did not like, and I'm having Ethan on, the confusion over McDonald's. Because as far as I'm, I can tell, McDonald's is not as keen on Beyond Meat as Beyond Meat is saying that they are. A little bit of a difference of opinion. Uh, j- yeah, Jim, um, we tried on this one. Um, McDonald's will tell you that Beyond Meat was their testing partner 
uh, for the uh, plant-based burger in Canada, that they have not announced which suppliers they will work with on McPlant. And we tried to pin down uh, Chris Kemchinski on this very issue when we talked to him earlier. Here's what he said. We see plant-based as being something that uh, is here to say. Uh, the question of when McDonald's would get into it uh, is the only question. It was never a question of if. And we did a variety of consumer testing, as we always do at McDonald's, about a whole bunch of names, and then came out of, out of that came McPlant. So a pretty straightforward uh, name. But what it worked for was consumers had a clear understanding of what it uh, was all about. And it was a product, it was a name that was flexible enough to work on burgers, to work on chicken substitute products, to be something we perhaps uh, would bring into breakfast. So uh, a very versatile trademark. Uh, and then how it gets deployed is going to be up to each market. Can I pin you down on Beyond Meat's involvement? Uh, what are they doing, if anything? Well, we are fortunate at McDonald's. We've got a great group of suppliers uh, that we work with. Uh, in many cases, we work with a couple different suppliers uh, in, in product categories. As you referenced, we have uh, a relationship with McPlant or with uh, Beyond Meat uh, where they supported us in our Canadian test market. Uh, we haven't made a decision about uh, how we're going to be and which suppliers are going to be supporting uh, our global rollout there. Uh, so I don't want to comment on that. So, Jim, your, your point is uh, exactly right. Meantime, uh, JPM stays underweight. Near-term visibility, they say, on Beyond Meat approaches zero. And they add, it's been a long time since a food company missed like this. Yeah, look, I, the, I, I, I like Ethan very much and had tremendous, I had great dinner with him, which, of course, included almost all Beyond Meat. But the issue here is that he says he missed and he was upset and he realized that there had been pantry stocking of his product. But I think that was most uh, quizzical uh, about his conference call was when he goes, look, I can't specify or speak for McDonald's to how we may interplay with McPlant Burger, but we clearly think it would be in everybody's interest, best interest, to use our brand. And I would resist efforts to not use it. It is not the McBeyond, Carl. It's the McPlant. And I, it sounds to me that Ethan wanted it to be, uh, you go to the, the board and you say, I would like a Beyond Meat burger. And it doesn't sound like McDonald's is willing to play that game. Mm. Yeah. It sounds like Pizza Hut is. Absolutely. And I love the new pizza. I've already, I, I've already said, please send me the Beyond Italian sausage pizza and the great Beyond pizza. I cannot wait for this. Now, uh, Yum's pretty big. And Pizza Hut's big. And I tell you, I've always loved sausage. I would love it to be Beyond Meat. I happen to love the taste of Beyond Meat. I just had some Beyond Meat uh, 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 meatballs the other day. How were they? Damn, darn good. You liked them? Yeah, I liked them. Okay, good. I've been cooking, David. I'm sure you have. Because uh, my wife's away. Yeah. And I've been cooking all the Beyond yeah. stuff. I like it. Um, it tastes like, you know what it tastes like? It tastes what? like meat. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Guys, uh, a, a bunch of things I want to try and get to uh, this morning. Uh, you know, yesterday we watched Simon Property Group. We're keeping a close eye on it as well. The trial in Michigan going to begin next week in terms of that contested deal, which, of course, they say they don't have to complete to acquire Taubman. Taubman says otherwise. But, Jim, did you notice yesterday on the conference call David Simon talking about making significant progress in addressing collections but also talking still about having some unresolved amounts with certain larger national tenants who unfortunately, and I'm quoting here, are refusing to pay their contractual rent, even though they're open and operating. 
all the U.S. properties and nearly 85, uh, I should, so they only have one mall in El Paso, which is getting hit very hard right now that is closed. But it's interesting. They're still not getting paid. They're at about 78% collections for the second quarter, running at about eight, uh, higher than that now, but still not getting paid by some national chains. Yeah, they're, they're lower than... Uh they're lower than a lot of the other guys. Yeah. Uh, they're lower than Federal Realty. Kimco's doing a little better than them. And I, I am, uh, I mean, 72% of its net billed rents for the second quarter. I mean, would you want to be on the other side of a room in, with David Simon? No, he's a tough guy. So what are these people doing? He's a tough hiding? guy. Are they hiding? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be on the other um, side I know. with David. Uh, and I, I think that he is, a, he's been forgiving. Yep. But at, at this point, he wants to cash flow as much as anybody. Remember, he's paid $33 billion in dividends since he started that company. And the way he's done that is to build great malls where everybody pays. Right. And suddenly that, uh, that pact is being broken. I'm not sure what to do if I were David. Uh, yeah, we watched yesterday, of course. It's hard to see there given the stock is still down almost 50% for the year. But it, it was up 27% at one point. Uh, yesterday. Guys, on the subject of deals that don't seem to be likely to happen, I got a couple of entrants this morning. I wanted to uh, first talk about Kansas City Southern because they updated their capital allocation policy this morning, KSU. You may remember there were some reports about interest there uh, from uh, GIP, Global Infrastructure Partners. Yeah, I suggested the piece. I thought they should merge. Blackstone. Yeah, uh, that's not going to happen. That Why? has been abandoned. They've moved on. They couldn't get there. But it is interesting to note KSU approving a new $3 billion share repurchase program, increasing the quarterly dividend as well, and doing a number of things on the capital allocation front in terms of what they're telling us. About 40 to 50 percent of uh, will go to capital projects and strategic investments in terms of its available cash, that is, and another 50 to 60 percent to share repurchases and dividends. But one thing you can say, or I can tell you, is it's not going to involve a sale of the company. Uh, at this point. Another name that's come uh, to the fore again, this was reporting yesterday from Reuters late in the day, is Evergy, the utility Mm -hmm. that had Nextera having made a bid. That's true. Um, But what I've heard is that bid was made a long time ago, perhaps as long ago as last May, and that they have not been talking. And in fact, the May bid happened and then Nextera moved on to try to buy Duke, remember, or at least made, uh, made a bid or made their interest known. That didn't really advance very far. Remember, we've told you that has also fallen by the wayside. And the same is what I'm understanding with Evergy. In fact, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, the next era guys were kind of surprised by the story. Elliot, a large owner of Evergy, though, has taken the opportunity to say, hey, there's interest. You guys should try and sell yourself. Now, remember, uh, Evergy did uh, entertain some offers last spring into the summer. And again, I'm told the last bid from next era was May. Um, but then sort of abandoned that and has been committed to staying independent. Uh, that was early August or so when we got reports on that. So a couple of deals that don't appear likely to happen worth well, mentioning. David, I thought you would include another one, which is uh, Lowe's not in talks to buy uh, uh, HD, HD Supply. supply and yeah. yet HD Supply stock is up. Is it? So, yeah, so who is in talks, so to speak? I don't know. Um, I did notice that. Yeah, Lowe's actually saying, not us. Nope. No, thank you. So how does that happen, Dave? We get a story that I guess we got a lot of apologies from the writer, right? Or that that one? No, no, but that no, doesn't. No, there has to be someone must. Hey, <laughs> Jim. Finally, I know you're you're, you're Occidental Petroleum, your favorite company out with earnings. Oh, yeah, you're, you're happy about that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, well you know that's that was a good deal. They bought the Anadarko's adjusted loss of seven hundred seven hundred and eighty three million dollars. 
It trades like a um, pot stock today. It trades like Tilray. Pot stocks. Yeah. Tilray's a pot stock. Got it. Cannabis, Carl? David. Cannabis. Guys, um, NASDAQ's down a full percent, and that's dragging some of the S&P down with it. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, mixed open. Uh, industrial still holding up a little bit better. Uh, definitely mega cap tech a little weaker. Just take a look at the sectors here. I, I just call this a mixed open here with uh, energy up slightly. Healthcare and banks again doing a little better after a terrific rally yesterday in the bank sector. Tech's down slightly. Uh, communication services uh, largely because, of course, you have Alphabet in that particular group. If you look at the mega caps, all down here, led by Facebook, was down about two percent about four or five minutes ago somewhere around there apple just turned positive that's interesting that was negative at the open amazon microsoft alphabet as you see here all to the downside i think the most interesting thing is to look at how fast these cyclical sectors have moved i noted yesterday particularly industrials we hit a lot of new highs yesterday and again today big names caterpillar illinois toolworks honeywell sherwin williams deer johnson controls uh, sherwin williams pacar Cummins, uh, just a long list of uh, industrials at new highs. What concerns me is the multiples because we're pricing in perfection here. Uh, these stocks do not normally, Honeywell doesn't trade at 25 times forward earnings. These are all at the highest levels in more than 10 years at this point. Honeywell trades 15 to 20 times forward earnings. So what's the street saying? Well, you know, you get an expanded multiple when economies traditionally expand. Okay, so that's exactly what we are getting. But these numbers are really frothy. They are really well out there. So we're going to have to have one heck of a recovery here. And also, at some point, a much greater push up in earnings than are currently being uh, anticipated. It's not quite the same, but getting there with the banks. Um, obviously, they haven't rallied to the extent that the industrials have. But even some of the banks, the regional banks, are trading at higher multiples than they have had in the last several years. I know this is not the only metric you use with bank stocks, but it's a useful way to look at things. U.S. Bancorp at 14 hasn't been there in several years. Fifth, third, PNC also gets starting to get a little bit elevated here. My point here is that the street is starting to price in a normalization of the economy in 2021. And you can see it here. Look at these earnings estimates for the S&P 500. This is the whole S&P. 2019, we had 160. This year, we go to 136. 2021, we have 168. It's back to normal again. Not only back to normal, we're above where we were in 2019. The street believes suddenly everything is going to sort of go back to 2019. Well, I hope that happens, but there's an awful lot of hopium priced into that particular estimate, particularly when you start looking at things like industrials. Yes, airlines definitely have a lot of room to go. Energy does. But a lot of these groups starting to get a little tough. Now, the guys mentioned American Airlines here that are doing that 38.5 million share stock offering. So that'll increase the float by 7 or 8%. Who could blame them? Just remind everyone of the catastrophe of what's happened to the airline industry. 2019, we were talking $45 billion in revenues at American. Today, $17 billion. And in 2021, which is what everybody cares about, we're essentially back to, well, all right, a little better than half of what it was in 2019. That is a catastrophe. Now, here, you don't have the same concerns about prices having been pushed up. We can go a long way right here. We're going back here. Look at this. We were, we were 25, 26, just in back in February. February on Americans, we're still half of that. That's what happens when your revenues get cut by almost two thirds and you're still expecting to be only half your revenues in 2021. There's a lot of room to move on airline stocks, but industrials and banks starting to get a little tighter. Carl, back to you. 
All right, uh, Bob, yeah, that's a lot of good information. We're watching, obviously, a lot of Fed speak today. Ten-year yield can't quite get to one. Let's get to Rick Santelli. There needs to be a lot of Fed speak today because, you know, a week ago was the election. Uh, now we're talking virus. Interest rates moving higher. The Fed's going to have to pay a whole lot of attention to the moves that may be coming down the road with regard to higher rates, not only here, but in Europe. Consider this. Uh, just a couple of days ago, we were at 17 plus trillion of negative yielding debt. Yesterday alone shaved 1.2 trillion off of that. We're now like 16.8. Central banks are going to have an issue when we start to get on the other side of COVID. I call it AD, after distribution of virus, uh, pharmaceuticals, and of course vaccines. Look at an intraday of tens. Uh, we have been up to, well, here we are at the high yield of the day, virtually at 96. Yesterday, as you see on the two-day chart, high yield was 97, 176 for 30s. We really want to watch if we can leapfrog over those uh, established intraday highs from yesterday. And do keep in mind, we have 41 billions of tens today. Yesterday, we had nine corporate deals. I guess Bristol Squibb Meyer was the biggie. Uh, you know, they're gobbling up of uh, myocardia. That was one of the issues. Today, there's five new issues. The big one being talked about is Verizon. Five-parter, fives, tens, twenties, thirties, forties. So this is a long-duration deal. I don't exactly have a number on it, but it is big, and these spreads are actually coming in. So, uh, yeah, that Bristol Myers Squibb deal yesterday was the highlight. Today, Verizon is the highlight. Look at it, one month of tens, basically, excuse me, going back to March. This is important. We are at the highest yield since March. But if you show a chart of Boone's going back to March, they're only at eight-week high yields. Opportunity there. Finally, tens minus twos at 78, steepest since October 2017. And finally, the dollar index. Not a lot to say, but if you look at a July 1st chart, at least we haven't made new established lows against the August late lows. Uh, that is a positive, maybe a very small positive. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, uh, we'll talk to you later. Rick Santelli, obviously a much more balanced picture than we had this time yesterday. You got energy industrials up about half a percent, but banks and tech are weighing on the overall index. Uh, S&P's down 18. EU regulators taking aim at Amazon, formally charging the company with breaching the bloc's antitrust rules and opening a second investigation into its e-commerce practices. Competition chief Margaret Vestiar says the European Commission reached the preliminary conclusion that Amazon illegally has abused its dominant position as a marketplace service provider in Germany and France and may have used sensitive data to big scale to compete against smaller retailers. The company faces a possible fine of up to 10 percent of its annual worldwide revenue. Amazon says it disagrees with the preliminary assertions made by the commission. They have been, Jim, much more aggressive on antitrust under Ms. Vestiar and in general in the EU and ahead of us in a number of other areas as well, privacy being one of them too. Is this important for Amazon? Well, I think it'll be interesting to, yes, it is. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens under uh, uh, President-elect Biden, whether there won't be a America first image and maybe these things can be settled with the president helping rather than antagonizing. Could be interesting. Because I think that a lot of the CEOs I deal with have suddenly felt, you know what, if we do more business or put more plants in uh, Europe or Mexico, we will not be criticized. So maybe Amazon can uh, make it right with the help of our president. By the way, David, right. speaking of deals, yeah. Postmates cleared. Uber Postmates. Yep. A lot cleared. of good things happen with Uber. 
That is true. That is true. And when it comes to Amazon, Carl, of course, remember, it has been no favorite of the president's given Mr. Bezos' right. ownership that's of thinking. the Washington Post. Yeah, that's true. And hasn't had a two-handle since uh, November 3rd. It's still got 50 bucks to go before it gets there, if it goes lower today. We'll take a break. Uh, more Squawk on the Street in a moment. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. You know, this morning I have the privilege of interviewing Darius Adamchek, who's the amazing CEO from Honeywell. And just to point out, stock looks expensive, but he's got about $2 of, of earnings power if things come back. And he's got $30 billion war chest. So you can imagine, before thinking that this stock is expensive, remember the optionality that Darius has and also the fact that he's become much more of a software company than people realize. So just because the stock's up a lot doesn't mean the company hasn't changed its stripes. Darius Adamchek is changing the stripes of Honeywell, and I don't think it's that expensive. Yeah, you got to hand it to the uh, bookers who have been working on this of our Evolve conference, Jim. Uh, It's quite a list of names we'll see today. By the way, Lars is a great business person. He figured out that you want to do concerts. People say, well, what's Lars Ulrich doing up there? I've had dinner with him several times. He is a remarkable business person. That's going to be one of the most interesting (laughs) one of all. He's very smart. Yeah, Kara Swisher is going to handle that for us. What's up tonight? Well, I've got Beyond Meat. We're going to get, you know, maybe we're going to get to the bottom of McDonald's. The fact is, is that Beyond Meat did not have a good quarter, but this yum pizza could be great. Mark Klaus, salute to service. Uh, and also talk about the pantry and whether people are going to continue to drink, have Campbell's soup and drink some of their drinks and eat their snacks. And I think the answer is they will, but we'll hear it from Mark himself. We're saluting the troops. Uh, yes, happy birthday uh, to the uh, Marine Corps. Uh, Semper Fi. Yes. Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.